All right. Um, so uh, let me set up our conversation we're going to have today, uh, you guys. It was over three years ago. It was March of 2020. Um, when uh, we're, we're talk about some of the circumstances and things around it, but we had a conversation, and that conversation led to our family moving across the country to help plant this church here in Portland as a part of the Crosswalk family of churches and partnering, of course, with the Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Um, and that partnership and those journeys allowed us uh, to come here in a pandemic um, because people were going online, uh, Crosswalk was doing great things online, and so a lot of people were able to see, hey, this is what we're, this is what we're going for, uh, but we started having a lot of conversations around what this could be, would be, what it's going to look like, what we feel God and the Spirit doing in this moment, um, and, uh, and then uh, later that year, we started having pop-up services in the parking lot of Portland Adventist Academy. Uh, I don't know, anybody in the, in the room go to one of those? Yeah? All right, uh, those were fun. Uh, a few noise complaints by neighbors, but not too many. Um, and we had a great time there, and then God led us to this building and opening our doors, and we have celebrated baptisms, and we have celebrated uh, people just reconnecting with community and reconnecting with church. Um, and we've celebrated as a part of that process, being a part of Crosswalk, who has started more campuses and more groups here in the U.S. and around the world. And so we're so excited to be a part of the ministry of Crosswalk. We're so excited to be a part of the Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and all that God is doing. Um, and so we're going to just have a little bit uh, of a table conversation because that March of 2020, about six days before the pandemic actually hit, we had a conversation at Petite Province, the uh, breakfast place that's incredible. And there were three of us that sat around this table. Of course, I sat around the table as well as Pastor Tim Gillespie. I'm going to invite him up uh, here with me. And uh, Tim flew up from Southern California. I flew in from Ohio. Uh, we were meeting with a group of people that had been talking about this already. Uh, and then on the Monday before uh, we both left back home, uh, we talked with Elder Dan Linrood, the conference president for Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. So uh, Elder Linrood, if you come forward and we'll just uh, take a little bit to reminisce and talk about what we feel like God uh, did, um, what God is doing. And, and then Tim's going to talk with us a bit about uh, where we feel God continuing to call us. So as a part of that conversation. Um, I know, Dan, that you uh, have been a person that is very much, and I'll turn a little bit, sorry, I'm, you, you could see my backside a little bit more. Um, but you have been a conference president, a leader that not only in your ministry, but in your leadership at the Oregon Conference has been interested in planting churches and planting these new communities. And we wouldn't be here without that uh, initiative, without, uh, without opening the doors for us. So, so what is that burden on your heart for planting these churches? First of all, that's the, uh, I mean, that's the Acts 2 really commission. That's Jesus wanted to start something, and, and Jesus had an entrepreneurial spirit, an apostolic spirit. But secondly, Jesus taught the parable of the two wineskins, the, the old wineskin for old wine, the new wineskin for new wines. And he said, he, he gave a great principle. He said, if you try to put new wineskin into the old wineskin, new wine into the old wineskin, it will cause division. It will split it. And, and he didn't make any qualitative statement about one kind of wine skin or wine is better than the other. He just said, if you do this, it's gonna cause it to split. And so my heart has been create new wine skins that can reach new peoples uh, that, that aren't connecting with, with God. 
yeah. Well, it, it's, it's fun to watch. I know that not all of us get to, get to see all the inner workings in that, but new church plants and new opportunities popping up in the Oregon Conference and pastors coming in uh, and lay leaders stepping up, which is exciting. Um, and the crosswalk model has both of those op, uh, you know, models. Uh, we have the pastor coming in, and, and Dan was the first one yep. to hire a pastor to come in and plant. Our other churches started with lay leaders. Um, so, Tim... We, we know the crosswalk story. We talk about it often, but what for you was the stirring from God for, for Portland, maybe, maybe for church planning as well, but also for Portland? Yeah, um, so the, I'll answer the church planning question first, um, and, and some of you may have heard me say this before. At Redlands, we were just at a point where we either had to go buy a bigger building and be locked into the kind of that model of growth there, or we could take um, the blessing that God had given us over the years and begin to multiply and see what we could do. And it really started with Rick Anderson, as you all know, and some buddies of his in Chattanooga that said, hey, we, can we plan a crosswalk in Chattanooga? And I was just dumb enough to go, yeah, let's figure that out. Didn't know if we could, didn't know if we had. And so I don't know, I don't know that I was called to church plant, um, I've never planted a church myself. I want to be real clear on that. But, um, but we were called to, to forward the gospel in any way that we can. This is a way that presented itself, and it was a real blessing. And then my heart for Portland is that um, this is where my wife's from. Uh, she moved here her sophomore year in high school, and her family still lives in the area. And it's always been a place um, that I've loved. I've loved Portland. I said no to my first job to come up and be a Bible teacher at Portland Adventist Academy. It would have changed my... Well, I was just getting married. I wasn't sure I wanted to be that close to my in-laws yet. <laughs> Not that any of you can relate, I'm sure. Um, and they're wonderful people. It would have been great. We just decided to move to Michigan for three years instead uh, to give us some separation. But um, the statistics of people who used to be in church and are no longer in church in, in the Portland area in particular are pretty profound. And we wanted to create a place where... Um, I don't know if we want to use the word reclamation, reclaim, or just, just reunite the church with these people. Well, you know, certainly, I, I know I had the question from people like, oh, how is this Southern California church going to work, uh, you know, in Portland, Oregon? And I said, well, I grew up in Portland, so there's some things I know and, and that kind of thing. But I'd like to say not only have we been influenced, uh, certainly, by Southern California a little bit and your ministry and what you do, but I'd like to say that I've influenced you a little bit um, since, since we started. Yeah. Just a little. I know everybody in here noticed. When... I was not losing my hair, nor was it gray before I started working with you. <laughs> and now look what happened. No, that's clearly not true. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, Dan, when we, when we talked that, that March morning before the world came apart, um, you know, and we sat at that table, what were your hopes and dreams for the partnership with Crosswalk? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I love the, the love well focus. I, I think Jesus, Jesus works everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that, that a Southern, a SoCal church might or might not work here, Jesus works everywhere. That's right. And, and he's attractive. And I know that, that one of the things that makes Crosswalk really, um, really turn is that it focuses on Jesus, lifts Jesus up, and focuses on being loved well by him so that you may love well toward others. And, um, and that just works wherever you do it. And, and so I was excited about that. I love the idea, you know, so many church plants don't have a, a system and a structure they can start with right from the start. And in a sense, uh, by planting via starting 
satellite campuses, um, you, you start with a church in a box, as it were, with all of the strategic intentionality that has already proven to bring missional effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited about that. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was crazy to think. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but uh, when Tim and I talk about this experience, it was something that happened after our conversation. I mean, that weekend when we met in Joyce Newmeyer's house, Joyce watching from Chattanooga, um, <laughs> Uh, and when we met in Joyce's house and, and we talked and all through that weekend, Tim and I were in tears on a regular basis, feeling God moving and the, the, the sacred echo of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, and then we met with you there and it was such a positive, mind you, not an experience you expect to have with a conference president, not an experience so, you expect to have. I mean, you know, just, just, yeah. He's your conference president he's, now. Yeah, no, I mean, say is. That I'm just, it's, it, there were so many things that you kind of, and that we walked out, we said goodbye to you in front of uh, the, the, the restaurant. You went this way, we went this way. And Tim was like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. We got around the corner and Tim's like, did he just offer you a job? I'm like, I don't know, it sounded like it, I, you know. And then, and then the pandemic hit and then, you know, it was, wow, there was so many challenges and things like that. But God continued to move and continued to push. What, what, I guess for all of us, what have we seen and witnessed God do these last two years um, through and with this community? I can start. Um, I, think, I think the first miracle was Dan's openness. And um, it shouldn't be a miracle. <laughs> but, but we'd experienced that in other places where people weren't sure if this was a good idea that another church planted church. And so your openness was, it was really a watershed moment for us for two reasons. Number one, to be able to come to Portland, but number two, for other conference presidents and other conference systems to go, hey, this is maybe not a bad thing. So that was really helpful, so thank you for that. Um, secondly, just your decisiveness on making those, making those decisions and moving ahead in faith, right? Because that's, at the end of the day, that's what it was. We had done this a couple times, but we, we didn't know if it happened. And then Patty's openness, just the timing of it, calling up saying, hey, we think it might be time for us to move back. Are you ever think about Portland? And I said, well, I'm moving up. I'm going up this weekend to have a meeting. Come in. And you, you know, on faith again. So there's been so many faith moments through this opportunity and then through the pandemic. Um, because I think Patty has the, you know, the, the dubious title of uh, a successful church planter in a pandemic. So he's, he's a trainer now. The next pandemic, he'll be the guy. <laughs> we, we hope that never has to happen. <laughs> right. So yeah, those are the miracles that I've seen. And then just every day that you show up and you want to be a part of it and you bring your friends and your family, that is a miracle of evangelism, right? Your desire to have other people experience God through church. So thank you for that. I mean, you're the miracle, honestly. Um, the idea that, that Jesus calls us to be part of something really significant for his kingdom and to, to make a difference through him. And, you know, I think that, that one of the keys in Patty being part of this also and, and being the, the full-time planter at the start of this was just all the relationships that you had with people through the years at Walla Walla University and beyond that people who, who had become wary and tired of institutional religion but were wide open to Jesus and um, creating a space where that could be safe and where they could come and experience community together with Jesus with, with others. And, and I felt you were a safe person to lead in that and, and to shepherd that. Thank you, Dan, thank you. Oh, oh, stop. 
Um, no, thank you. Look, I, I have had such a heart for this city for such a long time. Um, and, and I know I've mentioned this before, but one of the things that was a burden on my own heart was seeing so many, knowing that as a university chaplain, if you're at one of our Adventist schools, like you know that, that what we create on those spaces, as fun as it is, it's not reality, right? I mean, there were times I had 17 worships a week. I mean, I wasn't doing those, but I was over and in charge of that kind of stuff. And it was run by their peers and they're getting to take risks and all this kind of stuff. But where, where do they go from there, um, you know, after that experience? And so that was part of the burden and just knowing what Crosswalk was doing and knowing Tim well for a long time and our hearts and uh, alignment for mission and Jesus and, and the call to love. It just, made, it was so many things that came together at that time. And I, I just want to tell one, you know, I remember Gary's baptism was a, was a big deal for me um, because uh, just journeying with Gary and, and watching him go from, you know, having, uh, wanting more of a community, wanting that connection with Jesus and and then when we came to uh, his baptism, that I didn't stand in those waters with Gary. It was Sharika and it was Mark mm. because they were the ones that was Jesus to him. Um, and, and getting to stand on the side and speak because Sharika didn't want a microphone and one, didn't want to say anything. Um, but uh, just watching that moment to me is what this, it's what this is all about. Um, and, and I remember, you know, Gary, I don't know if you remember this. You came up out of the water and I gave you a hug and you looked at me like, I went all the way under. And I was like, you're supposed to, uh, you know, but it was such a good moment. Uh, and to me, that's, that's what this is all about. Uh, it's about celebrating the stories. It's about celebrating Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. So as we look at the future, and, and Tim will get a chance to you know, talk about this a little more, what are, what are hopes and dreams for, you know, where we go from here and what happens? Well, for me, it's just the idea that you continue leaning into how the spirit is leading you as a community to be relevant to the always changing culture that we're a part of. And, um, and, and it is an always changing culture. And, you know, the Gen Zs are next and then the alphas are next. And, and how do we engage all the generations in a spiritual experience that is impacting in which everybody experiences, as, as I said before, being loved well by Jesus so that they love others well, um, which is your mission. I mean, that's, it's, it's on everything. It's, it's on everything. It's what you're all about. And, and I'm excited about where that will take this community. And, uh, and I'm excited about how it just continues to expand, Tim, how the Holy Spirit is prompting people in all kinds of places, that places that you would never even imagine, uh, you know, contacting you and saying, hey, can, can we do this? And you're like, really? Like, you want to do this? Yeah. But that's when it's the Holy Spirit that's engaged and mm -hmm. that's doing it. And, and I'm excited about that. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to talk more you're later, talk. so, so you I'll, say more. I'll, the, the only thing I'll, I'll add to that, I guess, for me is I, I just hope and pray. You know, it's always like when, when you get asked at a job, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And you know, the correct answer to that is, well, I see myself celebrating my five-year anniversary of working for you. That's, that's yeah, yeah, that's the correct answer. Um, but honestly, in fact, I, I just hope we're continuing to follow the, the echo of the Holy Spirit um, and what the Spirit has us doing. And, and the, uh, Dan, on Lovewell, I, I know, I don't know if Cheryl is here today, uh, Cheryl Burke, but Cheryl actually has all of our Lovewell stickers on her dashboard. Um, she didn't want to put them on the back of her car because she said, I need to see them to remind me to, love well while I drive. <laughs> yeah. And, and that to me is just symbolic, right? It's symbolic of that is our call. Um, wherever we are, as tough as it is for us, 
we're called to love well. We're getting ready to come into an important year that could be very divisive again. Our call is to love well um, and to be known as Jesus' disciples by how we love one another. So I'm looking forward to that. So with all of that uh, in mind, um, I know that we have uh, those of you that have said, this is our home, this is our community, this is our family, and you're part of our charter member group. We have letters on the back at the end of the service to say, we are Crosswalk. We hope everyone will feel comfortable to sign one of those because we're gonna display those as a part of our church decoration. But we have our charter members um, that are, uh, have signed up. We'll give you a chance if you haven't become a member and you want to, we'll give you a chance. But all of our members' names are on those screens. And right now we wanna invite our leaders, whether you're on the leadership team or you're one of our ministry leaders that are in earshot to come forward onto the stage. We also wanna invite uh, Elder Cara Johnson to come forward. She's the vice president for the Oregon Conference. Um, and we're gonna let her and Dan lead us uh, in this next moment as a dedication of our church community. Um, and so we're gonna pass it over to you guys. And as they're coming, I just wanna just say a shout out to Joyce Newmeyer as well. It was months before uh, we ever met that Joyce contacted me and said, hey, Dan, do you think that there would be space for this? Uh, the possibility of, of something like Crosswalk here or partnering with Crosswalk and, and a conversation started at that point. She said, I'd, I'd be all in on something like hmm. that. And so really it was the Holy Spirit prompting her and then planting seeds yeah. that started that journey. And, and way to go, Joyce. <laughs> Miss you here today. Who should be in Chattanooga going to church yeah. too. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, good morning. It's great to be here, Crosswalk Portland. Terry and I have enjoyed worshipping with you this morning and previously, and will continue to enjoy coming back. You know, one of the incredible certainties of this God of love that calls us his children, that we seek to know, is that even as we seek to know him, he has always been with us. Always. You know, the Apostle Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. Whether we know it or not, we are in God. And as we look back in history, he has been with his people, all of them, you know, in every chapter, in every continent, in every community. And he has been with you, Crosswalk Portland, you know, with you as, a, as you started as a small group during the pandemic, meeting in each other's homes online a great deal, and with you as you've sought to love each other and your community well. And we really affirm you in that because, as was said, it is needed. And so today is another marker in your journey, a special one because the wider community of faith that you have chosen to belong to, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, is bearing witness to your faithfulness and maturity as a community of faith. That's, that's today. We simply bear witness to your maturity of faith. And so we want to affirm you as a fully established church in our wider network and we want to pray for God's continued leading in you and through you. So I'd invite you to bow your heads as we pray. God of love, of grace, of mercy, of truth, we come before you today to dedicate this faith community, Crosswalk Portland, to your glory and honour. We pray that it will continue to be a space where your hope and peace are shared a place where your love is experienced, your word is preached, and your people are united in worship and service. We pray that this church will be a place where people can come to find healing for their brokenness and strength for their journey. 
and where lives are transformed by your grace. We want to especially lift up its leaders. Father, bless them with your wisdom and your courage and your love. Bless this community with your ongoing presence. Cover them with your grace and peace and go before them as they serve you with joy and humility. Lord, today we dedicate Crosswalk Portland to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. So essentially what this means is, kids, you've graduated from college, <laughs> okay? Like you're launching into your lifelong career here as a fully established, organized church in the Seventh-day Adventist church uh, in, in our family as Adventists. Congrats. Thank you, Dan. All right, so this is a big deal, um, and this is the, the first of our churches that have done this. Um, we're hoping that Chattanooga will, will come to be doing that pretty soon, but you guys beat Chattanooga for sure, which they are um, probably excited about. Um, and, and I really want to thank you for the opportunity to speak on this moment. I know... I know Pastor Patty is your local church pastor, and, um, and the local church is really important. I don't want to diminish that, but thank you for letting me speak into that for a moment, because um, I really resonate with one thing that Bill Hybels said, and, and you know, Bill Hybels has become problematic over the last few years with some of the things that he's been involved with, unfortunately, but this was a while ago. He said, um, when, the church, when the local church works right, it is the hope of the world. And the local church is, um, cannot be supplanted. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus is speaking to Peter and he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not um, prevail against it. And what he was talking about, I believe, is not just Peter. What he's talking about is the role that the church the local church takes in the lives of our civic community, in the lives of each one of us, as we fight against the gates of hell, right? We fight against that which would separate us from Jesus. We fight against that which would um, create eternal conflict and torment in our lives. And when I say eternal torment, I don't, I don't believe that as far as an eternal burning hell. As you know, as a Seventh-day Adventist, we don't believe that. However, the idea that there is a separation from God and we are taken away from God. The local church, I believe, is the hope of the world when it comes to Satan prevailing in what's going on. Let me tell you why. Because we don't live our lives globally. We live our lives locally. We belong to a global church, praise God for it. There's a global work that's happening. I'm blessed to work with organizations and with churches all around the place. But at the end of the day, I go home to Redlands and I go to my local church. Those are the people that I live with. Those are the people that I laugh with, that I play with, that I pray with. These are the people, the people around you here today are your bulwark against Satan getting a stronghold in your life. The way that you worship together, the way that you um, serve together, the way that you grow your children together. Crosswalk is a wonderful label, but all it is is an organizing principle for the community that is built underneath it. We help to accelerate and amplify the work that we want to do. It's easier to make t-shirts if you're a crosswalk church because we make a million of them. Um, but it's just an organizing principle to get you together to be that bulwark against Satan in your community and in your families. Right? The local church is really important. 
and you coming and being a part of it and inviting people to it is really important because this is where they live and move and have their being. And so Crosswalk Church in Portland is incredibly important for Portland, certainly for the rest of our network, but incredibly important for the neighbors that you have around not just this building, but your homes because you are Crosswalk as you walk into your home and walk out of your home. The hard part about being a church is this, once you establish it, once you make it, once it's there and it's working, it's no longer yours because it is now the church for the people that are gonna walk in this door, for the people that you're gonna invite in. And too often, I think this is the reason why many of us left church for a time. Too long, the church has looked inside saying, are we happy with what we're doing? Is it okay? Are we, and we end up infighting and all of a sudden we become deeply unattractive because we're no longer about Jesus and reaching the world for Jesus. We become very interested in how we do things in our own spaces. And now that you're an established church, which is important, and, and we want to recognize that, I want you to understand that this church is no longer yours. It's for the next person who's going to walk in the door. It's for the next person who needs a bulwark in their life against Satan as he attacks them. This church, as you built it, you got to dream that this is the church. What if, right? This is your church of what if. What if we could build a church where anyone who walks in could understand what we're talking about because we're not using such words that alienates them? What if we built a church where when people walked in, they felt so loved, there was no place else they wanted to go? What if we built a church where the worship was exciting and interesting and we couldn't wait to see what was gonna happen next, where the pastor would speak in real language and it would be funny and, and where Jesus was lifted up time after time, where intention was put into every single thing that we did. This is the what if church that you built, but now it's not yours. Now it's for the person who needs it more than you do. And you have moved from builders to stewards of this gospel ministry that God has called you to. And I know that doesn't sound very exciting, right? A builder sounds way more exciting than a steward, right? But a steward is the one that takes what is God's and takes care of it so that God can be seen and present in the world. God has this amazing trust in you saying, I'm gonna give you this gospel. I'm gonna give you this love. And it is now your job to steward that and to make sure that the world has access to it as well. And it's sometimes hard to change that mindset from this is what we're building for us because I just need a church that's like this to saying, okay, we've got it now. And now not only how do we continue to grow and do better at church, but now how do we continue to create something that is outward focused and outward looking as opposed to just saying, look, we did it. So this is a moment to celebrate everything that's been done. Absolutely. And I want you to do, I want you to have fun. I want you to ride a mechanical bull tonight because apparently that's how you celebrate up here. <laughs> I don't really know why you don't have a dunk tank. That seems to be something we have to do in Redlands, California at our anniversary. And it is horrible for the pastors but I feel like Patty needs to experience that. Actually, you did last year with us, didn't you? Well, you should have done it here again. Um, we hate it, but it's good that we have it. But, and I'm sorry I can't be here with you. I gotta run back down for a constituency meeting tomorrow. But, um, but I want you to celebrate this moment. But understand this moment is a transition in your mindset. This moment is now, okay, look what we built. Look how great it was. This moment is now, 
who's next? Who's next to do the work that we were doing? Who's next to come in those doors? How are we continuing to steward this place and steward this gospel and steward this love in a way that now we can give it away even more easily and even more impactfully for the community? Because what you do in this room has incredible ripples as you leave this room. We don't live in the church. We are the church. So that means we take this church work that we do, this gospel work with us wherever we go, and we become the rock where the gates of hell cannot prevail. And you come back every single week because pushing back on the gates of hell is exhausting and tiring work. And so we come together to worship God, to get our spirits refilled with the love and grace that God has for us so that we can take the church out into the world and take the gospel out into the world. It will never be enough to do what we do here. This is the starting point. This is the, this is the filling station. We, we can use a ton of different metaphors, but what I want you to understand is this. Celebrate, absolutely. Have fun, enjoy, and then know that when you wake up tomorrow, there is a world that is hurting that needs exactly what you've been able to build. And so we cannot keep it to ourselves. If we do that, we become, you know, a parable of Jesus, given all these things that we did nothing with. My hope for the future of Crosswalk Church in Portland is not just about numbers, it's not just about you know, um, how many services you have or how you make the room. Or the, it's about the impact that you're gonna have as you step out every single week and the people that you will bring back with you so they can experience the love that you've experienced. You know, we, we laugh a little bit about the t-shirts that we make and the bumper stickers that we have that say love well. But I don't, I don't know about you, but to identify with such a bold statement that I'm gonna step into the world and love it well? You understand that when you wear that t-shirt, when you put on that sticker, you are making an amazing announcement to the world that you are not going to live like other people have. That when they interact with you, they will not experience what they experience with someone else because your highest motivating principle is the love you've received from Christ and the way that you are going to give that love. So think twice about taking a t-shirt. Think twice about taking a sticker because it's a promise you're making. And we have to hold one another to it. I am so incredibly grateful for the work of this leadership team, for the work of the Oregon Conference, for Patty, the work that you do. But I'm more thankful for the way this congregation has decided that they will love this city well. So the future is unconscionable. It's overwhelming what God is going to do and is doing through you. I just wanna pray a prayer of blessing over that today. And as we sing this final song, I want you to lean into the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in your life. That's an extension of the work that God has called you to in this church. Because every single one of you has a calling on your life. 
Every single one of you has someone that you need to speak to about Jesus because they need to hear it from you at the time you are prompted to speak that into their life. And it may not be this week, it may not be next week, but keep coming back here to be filled and be ready and to learn and to grow and to have a support group around you that as you step into that calling of ministry that God has in your life, you know that you're not alone. Let's bow our heads today. Lord of grace. Um, Jesus, when you were speaking to Peter and you said, listen, your name is Rock and, and you're this rock and we're gonna build something. We're gonna build something that will be a bulwark against Satan in other people's lives. And it's gonna start with you, but it doesn't end with you. There's a succession to that calling. And 2,000 years later, we're here all having that same calling. And so, Lord, we may not all feel like rocks. Sometimes we feel like pebbles. But put together, they can do amazing things. So, Lord, I want to thank you for the last three years of miracles, the last three years of excitement, of momentum, of adrenaline, of putting something new together, Lord. And I wanna ask, as this church transitions into the next stage of its life cycle, that we may not stop seeing that momentum, we may not stop seeing that excitement, but, but we may be established and rooted in you, and we may have an impact in this community, in this city that so desperately needs you. Lord, thank you for loving us well and be with us as we love as well. So thank you. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this leadership. And thank you for the moment that we get to worship you. Lord, bless us as you have in the past and have promised to in the future. We thank you for everything that you are and everything that you've given us. In your holy name we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen.